the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, episode 13 with Thorpe Jensen. Such an incredible conversation. I'm so grateful for Thorpe's time. We also have a really special, I think exclusive opportunity for y'all at the end of the show during what I'm getting down on. Make sure you stick around for the end because I have some exclusive, not out yet, new music from one of our favorite songwriters, Casey Anderson, and I'm going to talk about that and how that came to be at the end of the show. But first things first, we got Thorpe Jensen on the show. My introduction to the music of Thorpe came because he was on the bill with Matthew Logan Vasquez. And if you listen to episode 12 uh, with Matt, I recorded this episode right after I recorded with Matt. Matt is one of our favorite songwriters of all time. So if an opener is good enough to play with Matt Vasquez, they are certainly good enough to get a listen from me. Fortunately, Thorpe Jensen's debut record, Odessa, deserves to be juxtaposed with the likes of Matt Vasquez. And I'm going to play a couple of his tunes during the show. First of all, the title track, Odessa. And then after the show, I'm going to play a little bit from a song called Oklahoma. Um, It's just a wonderful record, top to bottom. And I highly recommend you go out and get it and spread the word if you like this stuff as much as I do. We caught up in our new home away from home, the alley behind Little Indies. I, like I said, recorded right after I spoke with Matt, and then Thorpe went on to play this outstanding set opening for Matt. And the room at Will's Pub was ready to party. Thorpe and his trio ratcheted up the energy and just kept it going for all the way into Matt's set. And um, during this conversation, right before he went on to play, uh, we talk about Thorpe's musical influences, his relationship with substances. We really touch a lot of different things, and it was just a, a good vibe at Little Indies that day, and, and things went really, really well, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to speak with Thorpe. I wanted to tell you just a quick kind of story about his creative process to kind of give you a window into how he works and he thinks. And during the show, he talks a little bit about the idea of just hearing words and, and names of places and that kind of thing and, and how it might inspire him. So uh, there's a, a, a moment where he talks about the, uh, the name Odessa and how it came to be in he was just listening to, or he was rather watching No Country for Old Men, the excellent Coen Brothers film. And he did a similar thing later where uh, I told him where I was from, and I'm from Ocala, Florida, and I told him that, and he just, you could see his brain kind of kind of shift. And, and that doesn't come through in the show uh, because it was after we'd recorded and we were just in the parking lot just kind of chatting briefly. And you could see his brain kind of go like, huh, Ocala. And he's like, that's an interesting, that's an interesting word. 
it was just a cool window into the way the man's creative process works. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, so grateful for this opportunity, Thorpe Jensen. Check, check, one, two. Check, check, one, two. All right. Thorpe Jensen, everybody on the marinade. Hey, man. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I like to, uh, you're opening for Matt Vasquez, right? Um, Indeed. And what's interesting is that, like, I, I love talking about origin stories. And I, I don't know if anybody gives a shit, but I always like to talk about how I got into somebody, you know, and I got into your music because you were opening for Matt Vasquez and I was oh, like, right oh, on. check this out. Oh, cool. Right? All right. So that's, it's working then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's going to be exciting though, right? I mean, Man, somebody like him. Matt is, um, he's a really cool cat and um, it's been very inspiring to hang with him and, uh, you know, just see those boys doing their thing, man. They sound great. And uh, yeah. It's been cool. Well, speaking of which, your record sounds great. And I do want to talk about, like, um, what, what it's been like touring with those guys, too. But Odessa's your record, and it's yeah. fantastic. Thank you. I really like it. And there's, like, a lot of – seems to be a lot of different influences. Yeah. Um, it's a little all over the place. And so where – you know, you, you kind of – I kind of want to go back, if we can, and you growing up, how did – where did – your musical influences first start and how did that evolve? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a long <laughs> journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we got time. So, uh, my dad's record collection, probably just like a lot of people. Um, I wish it had, um, <laughs> you know, some of the, the hits sort of from that collection were like Derek and the dominoes. Oh yeah. Um, and, um, of course there were some Beatles. So like, uh, Sergeant Peppers was the one that like my brother and I like wore out. Mm. Um, there's also like working man's dead, the grateful dead, which I kind of consider like my, you know, we didn't call it Americana. It was just rock and roll, but it was that, that was kind of like my intro and like sort of where I kind of fell in love with that music. And it kind of shot me down a rabbit hole of, I mean, really digging on anything from, like, sort of the outlaw country stuff. Mm. Tom Petty was a big um, influence. Like, also, like, right around the, like, very formative years, like, um, Tom Petty's Wildflowers came out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was, I think I was in, like, you know, seventh grade or something like that. And, and me and my all my buddies had a copy of that. And we were, it was just, like, that right moment, you know, we would all, like, hang out and smoke joints and listen to that record kind of wore it out yeah um you know so it it, it, also i think that like some of the music kind of just like comes from where i grew up like it it, i grew up in small town america Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of got a little bit of that like thing going on my my dad's a truck driver or was a truck driver for 30 years and you know he would listen to a lot of music you know and um he liked he liked a lot of country and a lot of um i mean he wasn't like uh he was he wasn't listening to like a ton of country but he was he was honestly listening to some of the what was what was out at the time i think like he grew up more you know with with the grateful dead and stuff like that he grew up in staten island new york and um but just i think he embraced the culture um of what he was doing and like all those cats were listening to anything from bluegrass to to um you know 
um, country music and stuff like that. So um, some of that came from there. I mean, some of it came much later on, too, um, from just, you know, hanging with people in town and, and that kind of thing. I think I got just as much influence from the musicians in Richmond than I did from anything else. Wow. Um, so it's it's really a smorgasbord. There's also a lot of soul music music that I listen yep. to. My dad always through. loved Marvin Gaye. Um, I don't know if we had any of his records around the house, but that was something I got into pretty young. Curtis Mayfield was another one. Like, he's one of my favorite songwriters. Um, so, I mean, it really is a smorgasbord of, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I always think about that Duke Ellington quote where he just said, you know, there's just good and bad. And that's, to me, that's what it is. It's like, yeah. it doesn't have to be a genre. It doesn't have to be... You know, you don't have to splice it up. It's just, you know, does it hit you? Does it have soul? And I always, th I always think that, like, when I listen to, like, Waylon and I listen to Willie and these guys, like, I feel like that's still soul music. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of that stuff is still, you know, even though it's not, it's not Curtis and it's not Marvin, it's still, but it's still soul music, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's, that's probably a, a little bit. <laughs> well, and that's uh, all that comes through. I mean, soul was definitely soul. And then that Tom Petty influence is very clear. Um, I mean, and that's cool because it's it's clear, but it's still your thing. Right. And that's, of right. course, what you're trying to. That's always. the Yeah. Goal, you know? You're always trying to be yourself. Yeah. And yeah. And it, it, it all of that certainly comes out. But then it comes it becomes your thing. Yeah. You know? And what does that process look like for you in terms of writing? Are you a sit down and do the work kind of guy? Does it come whenever? It's it's a come whenever, but it's also a sit down and do the work. I mean, it's it's a little bit of both. Sometimes when you're under the gun and you really want to finish something, you just force yourself to finish something, mm -hmm. you know? Or that's how, how I do it. I mean, I'm not one of those people that just writes all the time. I, it's a little bit of, of having to force myself to do it. Yeah. Which I don't mind really doing. I mean, I, I do enjoy it, and I feel it's very, um, I don't know, it feels good to finish something. So even when mm. it's like, even when it's like not, like, I mean, I've written plenty of songs that like weren't ever going to get recorded. But yeah. it's just like, man, I finished that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so many people can't finish anything. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. so many people struggle it, to finish a epidemic. basic task. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we all, we've all got, you know, these, these cell phones and shit, man. We've all got ADD now, you know. Yeah, well, it drives my girlfriend crazy because I don't mind doing half the dishes. Right. I don't mind doing, right, like, right, right. I'll load a laundry yeah. when there's six to be done. <laughs> Absolutely. But I finish stuff. Like, if I go out and set a goal, I finish stuff. Something Dude, gets what? finished, maybe not the dishes. I no. But I did but a you handful. keep them at a reasonable, reasonable level. Yeah. So, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's all relative. Yeah. I did half the dishes. Yeah. That's a pretty serious accomplishment <laughs> in today's legit. world when I have Twitter. <laughs> Very legit. Very legit. <laughs> in that, so you mentioned that sometimes, or, and I think this is true for all creatives. I, I don't know that for sure, but the idea that you'll create and uh, you'll you'll create a song perhaps that isn't going to be recorded. Yeah. Do you know it right away? Uh, you know uh, it's not the one. I think yes and no. Uh, uh, sometimes you have to record it to like give it some weight. I mean, you know, like. And, and sometimes you have to like play with things like there you know there's a song on my record called the hard road mm -hmm. and i wasn't really that into that song but we went ahead and recorded it and i was like well let's bring in my buddies i, I had played in a band for years where um there was a horn section so i brought in the horn section from that band and and i was you know they kind of like brought it to life and it was like okay 
actually, yeah, this is worth being here now, you know? And so sometimes you have to just, like, you have to play with it a little bit. Like, maybe it's not as good cut and dry, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and other times you know right away, like, this is definitely going to be. I think it's quicker to know definitely if it's going to be um, for me. But, like, sometimes, you know, I have something and it's like I'm on the fence about it. And it may uh, or may not make it, you know? Yeah. Um, because there was, I think there was, like, I think I recorded uh, around five, you know, four or five other tunes for this record that didn't make it. You know, that was just like, you know, they don't, they don't. They're not doing it for me. How did, how did you come to that decision? Um, I think it was a vibe thing. You know, yeah. it wasn't necessarily like these songs suck. They just they didn't fit for me and what I was trying to do and what I was trying to say. Yeah. In this record, with this record. So did when that when that collection of songs came together, were they? How how does that process that album cobbling process look like, or is it you set out with an idea of this is what I want to accomplish, I'm going to write songs for this goal. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, in the end, I just wanted to write something that I would want to listen to. You know, if I wasn't me, I don't really like listening to myself. But if I wasn't me, <laughs> I don't go down the road listening Dude, to Odessa. I, that's just so interesting, man. Isn't that fucking interesting? There's yeah. people out there all over the world listening to Odessa. And you wrote the record and you don't listen to it and i get it i totally do i don't yeah. go back and listen to my podcast episodes well you know? i mean every now and again i, I put it honestly the, what i put it on for is like i want to see if it holds up like sonically yeah. to other stuff that's coming out mm. and so sometimes i'll put a tune or two in a playlist like i really like the um nathaniel uh ratecliffe stuff yeah. that came out recently yeah yeah i like that record a lot so i made a little playlist where it was bouncing back and forth with my songs i kind of just wanted to see if it like held up you know yeah. like sound wise even just like is it mixed you know good enough to be in a playlist with somebody you know like that that's a pro and um and I thought, yeah, I thought it did pretty good. So. That's great. That's <laughs> man, that's a fun realization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was happy with it, you know. That so. he just played um, like a, a tiny little room about the size of, of this one. No kidding. In, yeah, in Jacksonville. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know why. Wow, because he's like selling out big venues. Yeah. I don't know what the story was. I don't know. A what buddy the of ours from Richmond is playing. Well, I don't know. I don't think Scott's from Richmond, but a buddy of ours. Um, is uh, on the road with him playing trumpet. He did live in Richmond for a while. He's oh, great, cool. great dude, great, really? incredible trumpet player. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. good to hear. Well, who else are you? You you mentioned Nathaniel Rateliff. Who who else are you consuming now? Maybe not even people you, that you compare yourself to, or want to sound like. But yeah, I don't think I'm necessarily thinking about any of that per se. But I mean, you know. Um, it's funny, man. I never um, really got into Bruce Springsteen, but people started comparing me yeah. to him. Not that I'm anything. I mean, he's he's incredible. But I really went down a rabbit hole with his music, and I've been loving it, man. I yeah. I, I love it. I find my, it's like it's funny. I'm so late to the game with him, and uh, I I had Nebraska for quite yep. a few years, and I do like that record. And I think that that record was somewhat of an influence, not necessarily like anything vibe wise but just from the aspect of he's such a great storyteller kind of telling a story through someone else's lens yeah you know or pushing it through his own lens somebody else's story through his own lens or however you want to look at that you know mm -hmm. he's he's very masterful with that and so i did think about that um but um so i've been a little bit down the rabbit hole with him i um 
as far as like new stuff, man, I, I really, um, I love Sturgill. Oh. I think he's great, yeah. man. Um, man, we've been really digging on Matt's record. So good. <laughs> Wait, the new one? Yeah, or the uh, really Texas li- Murder Ballads? I really like it, man. Great. I really like it a lot, man. It's been fun to like hear him do it live. He, he's killer, man. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. I've um, never the seen Delta Spirit stuff is really good, too, man. Yeah. And, um, the middle brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, there's a guy named, uh, well, I like His Golden Messenger. Yeah. Uh, I think those are they're pretty good, man. And um they um there's a guy named Phil Cook that plays with them who um I just I just think he's incredible, man. He's uh he's plays the shit out of the piano and the guitar. He's a great slide guitar player and he's kinda you know, he just like seems to come at everything he does from the right place, from the right angle. And I and I just I find that very inspiring. Yeah. Like to just like not be afraid to like sort of joyously wear your heart on your sleeve and, yeah. that, and that's the way he comes at things and i and i think that's cool man you that's know? really cool yeah what else outside of music are you consuming or let me ask you this question actually let me back up what do you remember what you were consuming as odessa was coming together man there's it's funny something that really inspired me and it's what inspired the name of the record is um is uh, uh no country for old men ah the book or the movie the movie yeah. i'd never seen it man and uh, um yeah. i was kind of in the middle of making the record and uh my little lady talked me into taking a break and going down to the beach and um you know in richmond we have a beach about two and a half hours away and so i i went down and um that night we watched that movie and I ended up watching it several times. I was just kind of blown away by it. It's a great flick. So it's and, and um, you know, Coen Brothers are always fantastic, but the yeah. cinematography, particularly in that one, and so part of the movie um, references. I don't know if it, they ever actually go to Odessa or if they do. It's like at the end, but it talks about Odessa, Texas, and so it was like I, it was like one of those things where I thought oh man that's a great name <laughs> Odessa <laughs> yeah you know and so that's what kind of got me to write that song and um it wasn't like I wasn't thinking I wasn't trying to write about the movie or anything it was just it was a little bit of inspiration oh that's really interesting and sometimes you just you just gather inspiration from you know I, I for me like I'm very um I don't have a lot of patience for things that aren't well crafted and art so i don't watch a lot of movies i don't watch a lot of tv i will watch it if it's good though yeah and um i mean unfortunately i drive my little lady crazy because she'll kind of watch whatever and and you know sometimes it'll i'll give something 15 minutes i'm like this is this is terrible i'm done on the same way and but the thing is i'll get so lost in a film and when I really, when I'm watching a film, I can't do other things. Right. Like yeah, I'm no. not, I'm not I'm doing not, anything. I'm not, yeah, I can't do I'm, that. I can't I'm have crying, music on. My or, stomach hurts. Yeah. You know. Like. <laughs> I know people that read and have music on. I can't do that. You know, if I read a book, it's you know. And so I think also I think you know, books. Um, I would like to say that I read all the time. I'm always trying to read something, but I don't read as much as I I, I used to or I wish I did. Um, but I, I think that there are just books, you know, that kind of hit you, you know, um, uh, I had read that book, the alchemist yeah, not long before, um, making the record. And ah. so that was a little bit of inspiration, you know, interesting. How do you think that inspired it? Well, just about like trying to find your own story, 
you know, and um, sort of being fearless about it. Yeah. Being fearless to write your story and just do it and, like, follow, you know, like, he talks about, like, listening to the universe. Yep. And how, like, the animals all know and, like, they, they already know the path. Yeah. And, um... And it's like you know you start you start to realize that some I mean I know it's a fiction book but some it, it's it's real like if you just listen to things if you just follow your path you can you can find it. How know? much do you struggle with that? Um, I mean I think everybody to sure. or you know I, I I just like I'm I'm probably equal to majority of people where I'm off and on. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. You know, but I think I always know when I'm not. And how do you know that? It's just something in your gut, man. Oh, interesting. There's not a process you go through a meditation practice or anything like that. Yeah, I wish I could say I did, but no. Yeah. No. Because I've noticed, like, one of the things I've done recently, and I like, I've asked people to hold me accountable to it. That people ask me about it, is I I stop checking the internet for the first two hours that I'm awake. Oh, that's good. So I go. I need to do that. I put my phone away. I, I I make sure my computer's not near me because it used to be in my practice that I would get up, respond to emails, That's what I do. Yeah. have coffee, I hit emails, and yeah. like yeah, coffee and emails, That's coffee and tip, emails. Yeah. So now it's coffee and either a book or recently I've been doing morning pages. So I'll get up and write a page. Okay. Whatever, cool. just fight through it, you know. Yeah. And it's a fictional story typically, and I'll, if good or bad, whatever, I'll just if it's yeah. if it's shit, I just won't do anything with it if it's good i might put it out there on but you have to you have to write yeah you have to do something you have to just do it you know but what i've noticed is that i'm happier and i'm more in tune with when i'm not happy because i don't have that cloud of cloud that sort of clutter you know of the internet and also those sort of expectations Mm -hmm. that if i'm on social media or if i'm and i'm not against social media by any means but if i wake up and do it then it like cl- clutters my mind for the rest of the day. I, I I dig where you're coming from, man. I think maybe I need to get on your tip there. So I appreciate that. Oh, good. <laughs> I hope. That. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna, next thing you know, you're gonna have four new records, all dedicated to Jason Earl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Mo- one called Morning Pages. Right. Morning Pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This one goes out to you, Jason. <laughs> what other um. You you talked about reading a little bit, uh, and at that time you're reading The Alchemist. What about currently? Anything in particular? Uh, man, I've actually been uh, <laughs> so I well I've been reading um, the Spirit Molecule. Um, I'm not familiar. Richard Straussman. It's basically about DMT. Ah. <laughs> it's about it's about these experiments with DMT that he did, you know clinically funded stuff like in the 90s it's very yeah. very fascinating interesting yeah what about uh yeah, how comfortable do you f- feel talking about your relationship with substances is that a thing for you yeah no it's absolutely it. um so um i am i i don't do anything <laughs> really yeah i don't do anything um but that's not to say i so i probably spent 24 years of my life 16 hours a day stoned on weed oh wow um, and I'm not like, like I'll occasionally eat an edible. Yeah. Um, I'm not like wearing my sober, uh, my sober flag. Yeah. You know? Like that's not me at all. Um, it's just something I chose to like chill out. You know, it wow. was like something that wasn't agreeing with me anymore with that. I did basically everything but dope when I was younger. You know, I, um, I, I tried a lot of psychedelics and I probably would still, 
at this point. Just not, you know, it just has to be the right time, right place. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm really not against anything that works for you. I see it working against a lot of people. Yeah. Not necessarily weed. I think a lot of people can do that just fine. But just for me, it wasn't agreeing with me anymore right. to do it all the time. And I'm not very good at, like, moderation. Mm. So it was just a decision I made to, like, I'm going to stop this for now. I don't know. You know, I might change my mind later on down the road. Is that a, a recent years. decision? Oh, it's yeah. Years. Yeah. It's been a few years. It's been about almost three years. And I mean, I, like I said, I've, I've had an edible or two in that time period. It's not like, and I'll have a drink very occasionally. Like I'm talking once every six months, you know? Well, so that sounds like, mo- well, I said it's almost, I guess it's less than moderation if you're only having one every six months. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just here, you know, it's very little, you, you know. You don't get that thirst for the second drink, though, or anything. Oh or yeah, no, you? I do. I'm sorry. Do. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I, sorry. When I <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not good at one drink. I said a drink. I did say a drink. I'm sorry, folks. That was <laughs> a little bit of a lie. <laughs> you can't come and lie to my people, man. No, no, no. I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. So all twelve of them. I drink about once every six months, and I usually have a few. But okay. it's, it's not like it's not like uh, yeah, going yeah. in, you know, but like, yeah, no, no, no I, I definitely I'm not good at one. One is not fun to me. One, one is like boring. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, like one. I like one or two. I do too much sometimes. Yeah. But more often than I'd care to really admit. But yeah, I, I like one or two um, on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, the thing for me, the reason I don't drink a lot. Is because it always sucks my productivity, my productivity. Yeah. Like, that night, it's done. And sometimes the next day, yeah, it's cooked until, like, it finally s- sweats it out. And, and for me, it's because I think it's because I, I just do it so little. It just, it, <laughs> it can, like, I, I'm not necessarily hung over. It's just, like, I just don't feel productive. Foggy the ne- Yeah, foggy yeah. the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I um yeah, I totally agree. And it's and my for me the best moments are and it seems to be true of just about anybody I know who's who's creative of any sort. Not everybody cuz weed seems to affect some people in a positive way. Right. It does not affect me in a positive way, right. but it seems to get some people there. Yes. But most everything else for almost everybody else other than a morning cup of coffee most every other substance seems to just like suck down the creativity or just totally wipe yeah, it out. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think weed does work for a lot of people, and it did work for me for many years. But at some point, it kind of stopped working, mm. and it got to where it felt like I was actually being less creative. Mm-hmm. So, so, are you when you stopped three or four years ago, or whenever it was, did you notice a spike in creativity? I did. But, well, I had to kind of go through a little like lull. Yeah. It took about three months because, I mean, I really, you know, I really, like, lived on this stuff, you know. Yeah. So it took me about three months to kind of, like, <laughs> learn how to work with my, my brain again. Yeah. You know. Sure. Sober. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. I mean, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. You kind of have to, like, reroute things a little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good for me, man. I mean, it felt it felt good. It still feels good, you know. Um, and like I said, I mean, the, uh, you know, I live in Richmond, so there's not like edibles around anyway, but like occasionally, uh. like if that comes around, sometimes I'll do them. Sometimes I won't, um, you know, and, um, and that's, that's nice, but I will, uh, I have found that it does affect me 
much differently now now that I don't do it you know mm. it's it's really strong it has to be something that I kind of have to just like give into it for the day yeah and um but I you know that's cool too I mean sometimes it's it's good I think a little bit because it kind of if you do it like and you just do an edible it kind of like makes you go inside yourself a little bit and yeah. like it's very introspective for me now yeah. So when I do do it, it's like kind of just like get a chance to like go in, in my own self and like clean out my head a little bit. I'm jealous of that because when I do it, I go inside myself deeper than I'm already inside myself. <laughs> and I feel like I'm always inside myself yeah, tinkering yeah. around and and messing up, <laughs> messing up something. Yeah. So it, that's why Well, I, it does put me in my place a little bit. So it's a little bit, you know, it's, you know, but I think. I think it's good to sort of look at yourself from that lens. I don't think you need weed for it, though. That's, no, no, no. I really don't. I don't. I, I think. I don't think anybody does. Mm -mm. Some people it works. Again, like some people can do it, and that's awesome. I'm I'm happy for them. But you, no one needs it. No, you know, we so, need something. Yeah, you know, but you, it's very rarely a substance. It's usually right, like right. something fulfilling, like a you know, a relationship or yoga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. meditation. Meditation. I yeah. haven't figured that one out yet. I haven't cracked the code. I, but I think that's the thing that I think there's where we all go wrong is that we try to figure it out. And it's, right. that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's kind of the that is antithetical to the purpose of meditation. Right. Is like it's a journey. The whole thing's a process. I mean, just like the songwriting thing. You yeah. write the song. Five of them don't end up on Odessa. Right. But. Still, that was a valuable experience. I try to meditate even, like, when I'm driving. Yeah. Like, but, you know, when I say I'm not very good at it, I just, I feel like I haven't, like, gotten there, you know? Sure, sure. But I don't I don't worry about it either. Like, good. it's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing, the like, the morning right when I wake up. So, not necessarily going to a space to do it. But just like rolling over in the fetal position oh. and bringing my awareness to my breath. Is your lady like, are you okay? Day. No, cause she's always passed out. She's <laughs> she's always, shit, man. She goes to sleep at like four in the morning. And I get up at like five. Okay. So, you know, no, she's she's just, she's in there, man. She's all right. Guys are on opposite schedules. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I kind of like that, actually. I like being on opposite schedules. There's so, there's something to be said for it because you don't you don't get tired of each other because you don't get to see each other. As you much need as that you little like. me space even yeah. when you live together. You know, yeah. well especially in our little one bedroom. We got I'm in the like, same situation. Really? I'm in a I'm in like a studio, but it, the bedroom kind of goes around a wall. It's yeah. it's still a studio, though, so there's no doors. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh my gosh, you get to know somebody that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the opposite schedules. I mean, well, and also the other thing about it is that. She is an artist, and so it's cool because there's just this creative energy no matter what's going on. One of us is doing something, yeah. you know, and that's really fun, and they're different. So there's never, like, um, comparison. There's never, like, uh, one-upmanship or anything like that. Right. There's a lot of support, right. you know. Yeah. Um, and we have space to do it because we're on opposite schedules. It's not like we feel like we have to go do something else together all the time. When we have time to do it, we go to dinner, you know, and we go have a drink, whatever it is. But a lot of a lot of nights I'm alone or she's alone, you know, and so we're I mean, we're in the same room, but I'm asleep, you know, so she can she yeah. has that headspace, which is kind of nice. 
because I think you need that. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you need the headspace. Like I definitely do. No, I definitely do. Absolutely. So, chewing ice into the microphone, which is like, got to be podcast rule number one. Um, what? So tonight, you're opening. Um, do you, are you gonna play? Specific, are you playing the same sets? Uh, on We've this? had a few sets. We've been kind of messing with it okay. a little bit. Um, so and you got a trio with you? Yeah, we have a trio. Cool. So uh, drums, drums, bass, and guitar, and me. Yeah. yeah. So um, Matt, um, actually, like his, I guess, agent, his people reached out and um, kind of were like, "Were you are you willing to do a power trio for this?" Yeah. And, Normally we go a little bigger, but because mm. the record's a little layered. Yeah. Um, but it's been a fun challenge, and it's been great. And they're they're really good, Matt, and those guys are really good. And so it's been very inspiring. That's to awesome. like see them do their thing, and like, you know, I think we keep getting better. And like this is like it it makes me better to like yeah. kind of just go at it a little stripped down like that. You know? Yeah. And, um, and that's it's been great. Fun. It's been fun. I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. So um, I think everybody's been enjoying it. How much thought process do you put into the set list itself? Is that a creative endeavor, or is that just like, a, all right, let's uh, fucking? No, do I think these about ones. it. No, yeah. I think about it. You know, I, I, it's it's tough because when you're the opener, I think it, I find it easier when you're not the opener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Because <laughs> people are coming in, you know. Yeah. And like, you want to tell this story. Yeah. Like everything's a story. You're always trying to tell a story. And I try to tell a story with the set list, too. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so, I find, like I said, I find, I find it a little easier because you don't have to think about the fact that people are coming in still. Yeah. You know, usually if you're the band, like, they're here to see you, you're the, you know. So, but, I mean, this is where we need to be right now. Like, right. You know, we couldn't have come here and sold any tickets, so. <laughs> well, you'll make some fans tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. th those songs are great songs. We we need to be here opening for Matt, so I'm very excited, and, you know, I'm, it's great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I do think about it. I don't, I don't know if I th overly think about it. I mean, I kind of, like, wrote a few set lists for this tour, and we're like, let's, you know, let's see what happens. Let's before try the tour. Yeah, before the tour. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I wrote them in my head. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, and um, and we rehearsed a few older songs too. Um, I don't think we've played any so far. We may, you know, we still might. Um, songs that like pre Odessa songs. Yeah, pre Odessa yeah, songs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I keep keep a few like from my catalog that was just stuff I had, and um that I'd been playing, you know, before the record came out. And yeah. not, not many. I, I really like the idea of looking forward, you know? Mm -hmm. So just kind of like trying to make the catalog start here and, um, and see what's next. Well, I think if fans at a show like this anyway want to hear, they're usually forward thinking. Like, yeah. I want to hear Matt play Texas Murder Ballads. Like, yeah, and he will. You know, <laughs> that's what I want to hear. I I love his songs. I love the old delta spirit songs and all that but i want to no, no. hear the new stuff yeah yeah you know, no he and i think i think that's what you should do you know yeah. you should represent where you're at i mean yeah. i think if you get to a certain i mean like you know if you're tom petty or, or were <laughs> tom petty yeah, yeah you're gonna play what your fans want to hear to a certain extent right but i think people that are out catching new music are catching the new music so right. they're expecting that yeah you know? 
you said that you wrote the set list in your head is are you a pen to paper person yes the other stuff mm-hmm. not Everything. typing an idea in your phone but like notebook you know actually i did um type a set list out into my phone but it was only because so i could text it to them mm-hmm. but normally it's all paper yeah. i'm a very analog kind of guy me too yeah i'm very i, I like to start there and i usually do it with pencil because I, I erase. Ah. I like the messiness of <laughs> something written in pen yeah. and a line through it. You know, like the you see the old Hemingway manuscripts yeah. and shit, you know, where it's like they move the words around and Well, um I uh when I was in I went to music school mm. years ago. And uh the jazz arranging teacher always used to talk about that the best ri- music is written with the eraser. I think that kind of gets driven into you, you know, just like we all wrote with pencil because, you know, you're you're writing on staff paper and shit. And yeah. Got to erase sometimes. So I just started to get used to a pencil. Ah. You know? And so now I write with a pencil. There's and it, I think that is a very particular thing for a lot of people, though, the feel. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I do like the feel of a pencil. I also don't like mechanical pencils. I can't stand a mechanical pencil. Mechanical pencils. They're like... They make me feel like uh, the Incredible Hulk. They break so easy. Yeah. Thorpe smash. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's planned obsolescence. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's appealing to kids. Kids fucking love that. Yeah, right. I don't want that. Give me an old-fashioned... You know, I used to have a, a duck, and you put it in the duck's butt, and you, you know, that's how you sharpen them. <laughs> nice, <laughs> you know? duck. All right. All right. All right. We duck. still have a, uh, an, um, you know, electric one. <laughs> yeah. We have one at the desk, on the desk at home. That's great. Yeah. I, I like a pen, and I'm particular. You know, I have. Do you have nice pens? They're not nice, nice. They're, <laughs> they're nice within my budget. Oh uh, yeah. Those guys. That's that's pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. that, and I like blue specifically. Uh-huh. Um. Which is like a, uh, I don't know, it's a weird thing. I think some people black is okay. So I've, it stands out to me more maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But always always a notebook. No matter, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, me too. I have a notebook in the van right now. Grid. Yeah. I yeah. like grid. Oh, yeah. I don't do grid. But no. I mean, you know, that it doesn't work well for song lyrics, I feel uh, like. That makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. that's usually what my notebooks are. I'm really bad about like having numerous notebooks going too. Are you? Do you lose track? Or you know you know where those ideas are. I mean, I lose track of like the old stuff. You know, there's plenty of yeah. old songs in notebooks that that just don't need to come out anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe they come out and you polish them off with a trio. Yeah. And sound who, a knows? Different. who knows? <laughs> Did you drop your cigarettes? Did Matt drop his cigarettes? Matt may have dropped cigarettes. This I do not like, smoke. This looks like a full pack, man. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, he was seemed like he was searching for his cigarettes at some point. So I'm gonna tell him I found him. Yeah, you should hold him ransom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thor, thank you so much, man. It's such a pleasure. And Thanks for having me, I'm man. Really this was fun. Excited to hear the tunes tonight. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Thanks right so on. much, man. Welcome to Orlando. Thanks, Jason. All right, brother. Oh, oh.
Thorpe Jensen, everybody. Thank you so much, Thorpe. What a great conversation. I really appreciate your time and your honesty and your openness. And I feel like I learned a lot about your creative process. And I'm going to take some of those lessons into my own process and, and my own life. Check us out on Instagram at marinade underscore podcast. You can see some of my short stories there. Also, we keep you try to keep you updated on what's going on with the show. Twitter at Marinade Podcast. I've been getting a lot of really cool feedback on Twitter. A lot of folks interacting in that way, and I greatly appreciate it. Uh, also, don't hesitate to email us, marinadepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash marinadepodcast. Give us a like over on iTunes. It helps us out a lot, and it just takes a second for you to do that. So if you could, we'd greatly appreciate it. And again, thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for every single one of you that listens to this show every month and gives us an opportunity to do what we're doing. What I'm getting down on. This is a very special segment for me, and I'm going to try to do it justice. I'm going to start with some other things that I'm, I'm listening to and reading and consuming, and then I'm going to get into uh, the what this amazing opportunity that came our way. I just finished Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man, really, really heavy book about race and class. Uh, I, I really haven't fully processed it. Usually I'll pick up another book as soon as I finish one. But with this one, I'm, I'm waiting for Micah Schnabel's book, Hello, My Name is Henry, to arrive in the mail. And I'm just kind of taking a break, just reading articles online and, and in the Atlantic and so forth and trying to write a little bit as I think about the book Invisible Man, I'll probably have to go back and reread it in a few years to truly make sense, especially of the end. It's just this really beautifully written book, but there's it's very dense. There's a lot in there. So Invisible Man just finished. Um, the new American Aquarium record, Things Change, is outstanding. I, You know, I, just in perfectly honest, just being as open as I can about this, y'all know I'm a huge American Aquarium fan. B.J. Barham was our very first guest of all time. I love him. I love his solo stuff. I was nervous about this record for, for them. You know, I mean, a whole new lineup. It's one of those things where you just you, you don't know what's going to happen. But B.J. has written an incredible record. The band sounds great. The production's on point. It's uh, just great songs. Really wonderful songs. Also, wearing out the uh, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers record, Years. I actually heard it at one of my favorite bars in town, and it kind of caught me off guard. I, I was, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. It's a place that I like to hang out, so they're probably going to play music that I like. But still, that record is amazing, and they're doing great things. I know they're on tour now, I think, in, in Europe still, hoping that they can come down here to Florida so I can get her on the show. Um, and then now... The one thing that I can't get enough of, and that is the new record from Casey Anderson. His band is called Hawks and Doves. This is a really special thing for me. Casey's that songwriter who shows up on your Pandora station or Spotify playlist and you jot down his name, but nothing comes from it because life gets in the way. And that cycle repeats itself a couple of times before you finally dive deep. Well, years ago, I finally dove deep after writing his name down in my notebook, what must have been five or six times, and I fell completely in love with his music. Well, it turns out Casey Anderson is a fan of the Marinade, which completely blows my mind and is such an honor. 
And so we connected on social media, which led to an email conversation about his new project, Hawks and Doves. The album is called From a White Hotel. It's out on July 27th. I've listened to it at least six times now, and I'm finding something new every single time, both musically and then also lyrically. The lyrics are really beautiful, really heavy. The characters are fascinating. You can pre-order a digital copy on iTunes, Amazon, wherever it is that you consume digital music, or you can pre-order a CD or LP at CaseyAndersonMusic.com. If and when Casey gets anywhere near Orlando, i got to get him on the show. He's such an interesting guy. It was such a fascinating conversation we had yesterday via email, and I appreciate his time and also just him reaching out. This tune that I'm going to play for you is called Every Once in a While. Casey has graciously allowed for uh, for us to play it here exclusively on the marinade. <laughs> I just I'm pinching myself. I can't believe this is how things have kind of come about. I'm just thrilled to to have an opportunity to listen to this record and to spread the word. Um, you got to check it out. Go consume whatever Casey's got out there. Um, he's got several records that you can find anywhere you consume music. Uh, but also, look out for Hawks and Doves. Pre-order it. Trust me. It's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening. An exclusive here on the Marinade, what I'm getting down on, Hawks and Doves, every once in a while. Sunrise Burn the color from my eyes And you could say that I've been sleeping Those cigarettes don't lie Now the radio is screaming Somebody broke the dial The voice is coming through Lonesome and blue Every once in a while Had a cabaret in Austin I met a girl who couldn't speak Said I'd love her for a season I must have man a week But I stopped keeping track all those painted smiles They all start to look the same But I still play that game Every once in a while Every once in a while You put your heart back on your sleeve Love goes in and out of style Every once in a while I got whiskey and I got wine I got a plate that I ain't touched But I got all night and There's a girl in California Says she's carrying my child I ain't too sure So I only think of her Every once in a while 